another edition of Spotlight on Natural Resources. Here with me today is Lane Kenoki, and Lane is an outreach associate with Illinois Extension and Illinois Indiana Sea Grant, as well as a landscape designer with the Red Oak Rain Garden. How are you doing today, Lane? Hey, Gavin, I'm doing really well. Thanks for having me on. Oh, absolutely. We, we love having uh, uh, all of these wonderful experts uh, come on a, come on this a podcast here. So uh, today we're going to be talking a little bit about, uh, you know, creating a woodland landscape in your backyard. Uh, so if we could begin by talking about what soft landings are and why folks should be interested in using them in their own yard. Yeah, so you know we're we're all familiar with what unfortunately um, is is a standard practice in American lawns. You know that blanket of mown grass that bumps up right against all of our trees. There are there are a lot of problems with that practice. You know lawnmowers can damage tree trunks if you bump up against them, which is a really common problem that drastically reduces the lifespan of young trees. And the same applies for weed eaters, which I've seen time and time again be responsible for the death, um, uh, you know, of a young tree. Uh, those mowers also can pack soil around the trees, which really impacts the health of the tree roots. And not surprisingly, mowers also create a very unsafe environment for uh, for our insects. And on top of all of that most of our lawn grass species prefer to be in sunny conditions, not those shaded conditions. So getting a lush lawn is really difficult and can be really expensive to create, uh, you know, that, that kind of, of lawn under a dense tree canopy anyway. So, you know, that gets us to a practice that I think everyone should be considering these soft landings. And soft landings are, are areas found at the base of trees where insects can thrive. Generally, they are planted with herbaceous vegetation and leaves and other small tree debris are left there to provide shelter for insects. That is a very, very, very interesting um, to, to think about it that way. Uh, you know, a lot of other people are probably like, uh, yeah, but I don't want all those bugs next to my next to my trees. So, uh, but could you tell us what kind of insects, you know, benefit from these soft landings? Yeah, so we have a lot of keystone tree species like oaks, willows, uh, cherries, pines, and poplars that are critical food sources for thousands of species of insects. In the United States alone, our range of 90 or so oak tree species support nearly 900 caterpillar species. Many of them include, you know, moths, butterflies, and other pollinators, and they need leaf litter and other vegetative cover to pupate. Um, some start their journey feasting on, on leaves that are high in the tree canopy before they drop down uh, to the surface to burrow into leaf cover or, or burrow into the ground. And this is why these soft landings are, are so important. They need a place to safely land and move into their next phase of their life where they don't have the added danger of being run over by lawnmowers or, or heavy foot traffic. And they don't have to worry about being raked up and discarded with, with other yard debris. And it's not just our moths and butterflies either. You know, we're talking about bumblebees, beetles, even lightning bugs, you know, need spaces like that uh, to, to live. Um, and I don't know about you, but I really love lightning bu bugs. And I want to make sure I do whatever I can do to, to uh, increase their numbers in my own backyard. They're fun to watch. 
Oh, they they absolutely are. They uh, definitely put on their own uh, their own light show, and it's always very interesting to me to to see them in my own backyard as well. Uh, so so what kind of plants uh, should be used, and do they all need to be native species? Yeah, that's that's a great question, um, and I'm going to kind of tie it back to the to the insect discussion that that we've been having. Uh, our, our insects really co-evolved with native plants. And for this topic specifically, we're going to be looking mostly at our woodland plants, meaning they, they need to like shaded conditions. When I design soft landings, I like to take a look at, at nature for inspiration. So I like to go to a high quality forest, you know, hopefully without invasive honeysuckle or buckthorn that's taking over. And, and you'll see a wide variety of plant species covering most of the forest floor. There's sedges and, and ferns, woody shrubs and flowers, especially in the springtime. Uh, there's typically very little exposed soil. And, and those are the kinds of conditions that support these insects, not mown lawns. When I design, I typically advocate for a vast majority of, of the species in, in that new soft landing to be native to your region. However, I do think personally that a healthy mix of native and non-native is okay. Um, even in my own soft landings, for example, I have you know, a variety of hostas, some non-native ferns, stillbees, coral bells, you know, some of those commonly found uh, shade tolerant plants. Yeah, I feel like uh, hostas are kind of a mainstay in a lot of uh, yards that I see around myself, uh, and I have a few of them as well. Yeah, for sure. Um, so what's, what are some of the native species that you'd recommend? So there's, there's a lot of them, uh, and I will give you, uh, I'll give you my list of kind of go-to species. So I personally use and would recommend um, a couple of different sedges, like Pennsylvania sedge, rosy sedge, and oak sedge, just to name a couple. And then I like to mix in a variety of other low-growing ground cover and flowering species like wild ginger, Jacob's ladder, woodland phlox, great plant, uh, Virginia bluebells, Jack in the pulpit, uh, wild geranium, and then one uh, one species that is native a little bit further east of us, uh, you know, out uh, in the Appalachian region of, of the country. But one that I really like uh, for for late season blooms is white wood aster. Uh, I'll also add in a few more medium height species like false Solomon seal, maybe a cultivar of a of a shade tolerant Joe pieweed, uh, and you'll want most of these to be pretty small when you purchase them. They're what we call plugs, which are usually two or three inch planted cells. And uh, we'll, we'll touch more on that in, in a couple of minutes, uh, I think. But, you know, also thinking about some larger shrubs for these conditions, you know, if you have one of these larger soft landings that you want to plant, you could consider including winterberry, spicebush, um, red buckeye, and we actually have a really great native bush honeysuckle uh, that, that works well in these conditions, not to be confused with the invasive honeysuckles. Yeah, I, I grew up in southern Illinois, and I know all about those unfortunate uh, invasive honeysuckles, and they are no fun to deal with. Yeah, yeah. Um, so uh, what are some of the other benefits of soft landings? 
So beyond everything they do for our insects, soft landings have a whole range of other benefits. They support the health of our trees by protecting them from mower damage. They build and maintain soil microbial activity around the root zone, and they help to maintain soil moisture. You know, trees do so much for us. In our yards, they keep us cool and provide shade, but they also absorb, filter, and clean vast quantities of stormwater, which often carries with it pollutants from human development. They remove air pollution, you know, they do their part to mitigate climate change through carbon sequestration. In fact, the Arbor Day Foundation estimates that in one year, a single acre of mature trees absorbs the amount of carbon dioxide produced by a car driven 26,000 miles. So we really need to be doing everything we can to support healthy tree growth in our landscapes. And these soft landings are a great step in the right direction. Wow, that, that's a, an impressive number there. Uh, the car driven 26,000 miles on how much it on the carbon dioxide on how much a tree can absorb there. That's, that's amazing. That's very, that's just incredible to me. Yeah. And, and an acre of trees can do a lot. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, wh where do we start and, and how do we design them? Yeah. So if you're interested in installing, um, you know, your own soft landing, you got to start by identifying the trees that you envision working under. If the, if the, if the tree is mature, you need to know what kind of tree you're working under. Uh, from my experience, installing plants underneath upland trees like oaks is, is easier than installing them under more bottomland species like a silver maple or, or sycamore. That's not to say it can't be done, but um, in, in my experience, those bottomland trees have a little bit more shallow of a root system, um, which makes it just a little bit more difficult. Uh, to, to get plants in the ground. Again, it can be done, but either way, you need to be careful to damage as few roots as possible. Uh, you'll start off by delineating a border for your soft landing, and, and really the wider that you make your bed, the, the garden bed, the better. But I usually advocate for at least eight feet or so of planting in all directions from the, from the tree trunk. So build your plant palette, uh, you know, figure out the, the, the species that you want to use, determine the spacing that you need for each of those species, and then design them in groupings, playing with colors and leaf textures to build some visual appeal. If you have lawn established, it's best to go ahead and smother it with cardboard. So you'll lay that down, overlapping the edges, wet it down. You know, some people say to put mulch down after this step, but I actually prefer getting my plants in the ground first. Um, you know, the plants that, that uh, you get should be mostly small plugs, as I mentioned earlier, or, or small container sized plants to reduce the size of the hole that you need for installation. And this is gonna help you avoid some of those roots. And though you can use garden trowels uh, for this step, I personally really like using battery powered drills with a three inch auger bit. It makes easy work of, of digging the holes for the plants. Again, I'm gonna stress it again. <laughs> be careful to avoid those roots whenever possible. Uh, and then, you know, you're ready to go ahead and get your plants in the ground. Uh, follow installation guidelines for native plantings and, and then mulch with two or three inches of natural hardwood shredded mulch, um, you know, on top, of the, on top of that cardboard. So where can people find these plants? Can you find them at your local hardware store or nursery? And when should you be looking for them? That's a, that's a really great question. Um, 
and while it's more expensive to purchase live plants than, than starting them from seed, it's a much more reliable and faster way to establish your soft landing. You may be able to find some shade loving species at local stores, but finding a variety of native herbaceous species for those conditions can be, can be a bit tough. Though hopefully that's starting to change as native plants become increasingly popular. Um, a, a great way to find nurseries with native plants is through the Illinois Native Plant Society's website, which is illinoisplants.org. Uh, you know, there are a lot of native, native plant organizations, too, that, that host native plant sales throughout the year. You can also explore several online native plant uh, sources, which can deliver healthy live plants to your doorstep. In fact, I just did this for the first time this year. Um, a lot of those online nurseries start accepting orders for bare roots and plugs a season before they ship. So if you're looking to plant your soft landing this fall, you got to get your orders in quickly. Um, but if you are uh, thinking about installing in the spring instead, uh, you should order those plants over the winter time, you know, January or February. Uh, they will wait to ship those plants until the, the weather in your location are suitable for planting. And it's important to note that a lot of plants do sell out quickly. Again, native plants are becoming more and more popular. So if you're looking for something in particular, try to get your order in as early as possible. Uh, Lane, thank you for sharing all of this information. Is, is there somewhere people can go to learn more? Yeah, so uh, the, the Red Oak Rain Garden has some really great planting guides for, uh, for a variety of woodland conditions. And those are available at redoakraingarden.org slash resources. Uh, they include suggested species and a design, uh, a design plan. And they also provide ideas for four season interest in your garden. You know, it's important to remember that your garden should be beautiful in all seasons um, and, uh, and you can make it so, and your insects will love you for it. Lane, again, thank you so much for all of this wonderful information today. Uh, appreciate you coming on and uh, talking with us today. Thank you. Yeah, of course. Thanks again for, for having me on. It's, it's been great. Thanks, Gavin. Yep, absolutely. And uh, that concludes this month's edition of Spotlight on Natural Resources. Uh, thank you for listening and have a wonderful day.